guess I'll turn on this game. <laughs> well, I don't think it's much of a game. But that's the way it, that's the way it, the cookie crumbles sometimes, you know? That's the superhero gig. 17 to nothing Georgia Tech run. Wait, they're on a 17 nothing run? Yeah. Never mind. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place for Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, March the 8th. The ACC tournament is underway in Brooklyn. Um, as someone who really enjoys the ACC tournament in Brooklyn, uh, despite all of the naysayers on uh, UVA Twitter and ACC Twitter who talk about it, um, Personally, I would I, I like it being in the rotation, so I say keep it. But anyway, that's just me. Um, nobody tuned in to the podcast to hear what we thought about the ACC tournament being in Brooklyn. What you did, I, I'm guessing, tune into the podcast to hear about is previewing said event, which we will do momentarily. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, up in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, my friend? Going pretty well, Brad. Thanks for asking. I, uh, I missed last week, so I missed you guys. I know you're Glad to have me back. Um, so I'm going to bring a lot of energy tonight. Baseball and softball season and sporting goods world is kicking my butt. But I'm going to step it up. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter? What, what did what did Yost tell uh, tell homeboys like? Don't 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 bring me your excuses. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> up in Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber may or may not be on the podcast depending on how unstable his internet connection is this week. I feel like that thing is spreading, dude. I think we're. Uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yeah. We got you. We got you. Yeah, I'm. I'm still waiting to hear if Coach K will allow me to not be quiet or or what the deal is. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. I had uh, in 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 my bingo board. I had Dave as the one who would make the Coach K joke. Um, but I'm glad that you did because I thought it was good. And uh, from Charlottesville, <laughs> managing editor Damon Dillman is also on the program. Damon, you have uh, you've been on TV. And now you've been on TV again, and you're calling stuff and, you know, whatnot. So why are you hanging out with us schmoes? That's the question. How's it going, man? I'm just great. Uh, my connection just is stable great. this week. Uh, I appreciate you having me on the show this week. Here we go. At Damon Dillman. At Cavs Corner on Twitter. At Cavs underscore Corner. Why did I say at Cavs Corner on Twitter? That was weird. I'm not even going to cut that. I'm going to leave that in there just for you. Take it home to your friends and family. Uh, at Cavs underscore corner, great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. There is an at Cavs corner, which I learned recently because Damon tagged the wrong account. And I honestly, learned that the hard way, yeah. I, I, I was like, <laughs> wait, how did this dude get this? Because I'm absolutely positive when I went to the when I set up that Twitter, let's not talk about how many years ago, 
I was I, I was very upset that Cavs Corner was already taken, and I was going to have to have an underscore. Um, so anybody who knows the gentleman who or gentle lady, whoever who owns Cav, at Cavs Corner, f- please feel free. At this point, I don't know why I would do that other than to redirect to Cavs underscore Corner. Anyway, I digress. Let's talk about the ACC tournament, or do we want to start with all ACC voting? How do we feel? I figure maybe if we we wait long enough, we can figure out who's actually going to win this game, and we can. Um, well, we can when I started booting my when I started booting my computer up, I thought we knew for sure who they were going to be playing. But <laughs> things have gotten quite interesting in the last few minutes. It's, it's going down in Brooklyn. Let's talk about that ACC um, All ACC team. I mean, listen, I, I don't think much of it was that big a um, a shock, um, other than um, maybe the fact that Reese Be- or Reese Beekman was not a unanimous selection to the All Defense team. That was like, oh, what? And then. Ferber noticed, which I had not until you texted about it, that somebody voted for. We understand UVA basketball is great, folks. We're not. This is not. This is. We're <laughs> gonna have fun with this. Okay, just calm down. But <laughs> somebody gave Tony an all 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 ACC Coach of the Year vote. Okay, sure. F- that's interesting. Um, I, fine, great. Uh, Mike Young know, got one too. I. It was a it was a smorgasbord of uh, of WTF. Why? Wh- all right, let's go back. Beekman finishes second to Mark Williams. I personally like. I, I was pretty adamant uh, on the on the Twitter machine that you know Beekman was the clear far and away defensive player of the year. Not that Mark Williams wasn't deserving of recognition or that it, in the conversation, but I want to mention something I found sort of fascinating. So we we I think we all sort of understood you know the the, the way this thing was probably going to play out. That Beekman was going to finish second, and I and I mentioned this on Twitter the other day that I, like I read this story that attempted to sort of you know set the table so to speak on all ACC voting, and then didn't even have Beekman listed in the in the three names. Um, and I have no de- have no desire to like go after anybody. That was not my point. It is actually kind of hard to watch all the games and understand all the players. And Chris Peak from our uh, Pittsburgh site and I were having this conversation the other day, um, like. It, like it, it reminded me a lot of like you know voting in football and you have to pick like a freshman team or the offensive or the you know the all ACC offensive lineman and like what are you doing you're like looking for teams with a good run offense and you're just like picking random dudes right um, given the constituency of this vote and given some of the folks who are involved in it they probably have more information than than just you know regular media types who have a beat right so you cover one school you see that school all the time. And you see the other schools occasionally, um, you know, because you can't. Obviously, you're not watching as many of the games of the other schools as you are as the one you cover. Anybody have any beef, Dave? Let's start with you. Any beef with the All ACC voting awards? Anything like that? Other than um, wondering who what who who it was that gave Tony that Coach of the Year vote? <laughs> I mean, not really. I I still think Beekman's the best defensive player in the league. Um, and but I get it. I mean, that's what. 800 teams in the ACC and games, you know, 20 turn you know, 20 games per team. You can't watch them all. Um, that said, like, I think if you're a voter and you're looking for the best defensive player, you probably should watch some Virginia games. Um, but look, Williams isn't terrible. I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't think he's Reese Beekman and there's numbers out there that show like, you know, he doesn't have a huge impact on Duke's defense when he's on the court or off the court, but look, I, I'll take it. You know, it's fine. He got second. Reese Beekman with a chip on his shoulder during the offseason to work on his defensive game will probably benefit us next year. Um, as far as you know, the the teams themselves, the coach of the year, I mean, 
if you had told me at the beginning of the year Steve Forbes would win the coach of the year, I'd been shocked. I'll put it that way. Not a big Steve Forbes guy. Yeah. Um yeah, put that in the digital universe. <laughs> <laughs> I listen, you're allowed I think you're allowed to like who you like and not like who you, you don't, and that's fine. Um I would just like to say that the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the uh <laughs> the thoughts and opinions of the Cavs Corner website or rivals.com. Um Ferber, did you have any beef before we lose you to the the uh, technology gods? Did you have any beef with anything you saw um, on, in the voting? Not really. Um, maybe if I was like, I, I mean, I looked at the teams and everything, but I didn't really sit there and the teams. And okay, um, why is this person on second team instead of third? I didn't get that deep on it. Right. I was kind right. of expecting Jaden Gardner to be second team. Um, but I again, I didn't really dig into that too much. Second team, third team, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think Reese is the best defensive player in the league. Um, and, and it is hard to judge a guard versus a big man. And and we've talked about this how many times on this podcast? Like every year. Um, and we definitely talked about it last week or the week before. But so many people are when they vote for that are going to vote based on statistics. And I'm sure Mark Williams has like a pretty high block rate. Um, so I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. Uh, yeah, I, I do think there's some – I'm not trying to pick on Mark Williams. I mean, he obviously good defensive player, but um, ironic that, like, Reese Beekman – ironic yeah. that Reese Beekman made that shot on a glaring defensive error that Mark yeah. Williams made. Error yeah. that Mark Williams – and that – and then also, like, just watching Carolina carve them up with him in the game, out of the game, didn't really matter the other day, but – yeah, I'm not going to get too hung up on that. Um, I think UVA defenders have gotten the benefit of the doubt when there's been, like, have gotten the benefit of the doubt as another guy in the past. Not to say that UVA players aren't deserving, but, um, you know, I think sometimes they do get the benefit of the doubt because they have a really good defense. And I wonder if this year their defensive efficiency being lower kind of hurt Reese's chances, if that makes any sense. Like, you, people weren't talking UVA's defense up throughout the season. Right. Um, when Dave just said that a minute ago about like you probably should watch some of Virginia's guys, I was thinking like, dude, if you looked at their defensive numbers in Kempom, you would be like, they you might as well put a Clemson jersey on them, right? Like, and maybe and maybe they people did that. I don't know. I don't know if people are getting that into yeah. it, but yeah. um, at the coach of the year, yeah, I mean, whatever. Coach of the year is kind of a weird discussion because it seems like it always just goes to like which team overachieved the most, which is fine. Um, I know Tony's won it in the past when UVA was like first. Um, like when they went like 18 and two or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I I'm fine with that. I don't have a Steve Forbes take, by the way, like I'm not pro Steve Forbes or anti, I just don't have any opinion on him whatsoever. <laughs> well, in um, Dave's world, that means you are pro Steve Forbes. So therefore, you know, you're, you're a Forbes fanatic. Yeah. Ooh, yeah I'm not hating on people if they don't agree with me. Just, just a hunch. She's not going to be long-term successful. So we'll, leave, yeah. we'll leave it there. I'm just going to keep adding on to my yeah, I mean, Dave I, is just well, doubling. Want, Somebody's I mean, going to edit these takes together. They're going to go through and edit <laughs> each of these, and it's going to be this diatribe. They won They won the transfer portal, I guess you could say. Um, you know, like their roster was pretty much assembled by transfers. Mm-hmm. So kudos to him for doing that. I mean, that I think that explains why they kind of came out of nowhere. I think this year in the ACC, it's a lot easier to pick somebody who's not the coach of the year. <laughs> like yeah. the worst coach of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah and and let, there. you know what we should do? We should start giving out the the anti all ACC awards. We should just give out be like, remember? Do you guys remember? I don't know if maybe Dave, you do. Do you remember Leonard's <laughs> losers? Do you remember yes. that? 
All right, so yeah. for those of you who, who may not know, Leonard was, I don't know if Leonard was an actual person or a character. This sounds uh, like something that would definitely be like canceled now. <laughs> yeah, so Leonard, Leonard <laughs> would basically choose the games and he would say like, you know, the Clemson Tigers are going on the road this weekend down to Tallahassee. And they're going to, you know, and he had this whole like preamble, which I just, I remember thinking was just absolutely phenomenal. And so instead of picking the winner, he would pick the loser. And he would say, Leonard's loser, Clemson. And then he would move <laughs> on to the next thing, right? Um, somebody somebody find this and link this for me because I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah, Leonard's this Losers was incredible. stuff. And I actually, when I first started writing sports uh, in my hometown, I actually like sort of like cribbed some of that. I didn't like call it like Brad's Losers. I wasn't like that. Franklin's overt. Failures. <laughs> wow. That's Brad's title. Bums. Franklin's failures. Actually, I can't put Frank. I can't put Franklin's failures because somebody will think that that means Armand, and that's not nice. Um, but anyway, so like I borrowed part of this, and I and I and now memories escape me as to what degree I borrowed it. But um, suffice to say that like Leonard's Losers was a uh, imprinted on me early on in my uh, fandom, and I to this day would love to hear Leonard just talk about like literally. I mean, because his it is it, his like the Southern twang, and, like, and he and he would talk about like he he had certain like phrase like phrases for doing like the dogs are going whatever. It was just it was amazing. Anyway, I digress. Um, but no, we should totally do like a like who was the worst? Who, so like let's just do coaches because you know that's fun. Players who was the worst? Stuff. Yeah, players <laughs> stuff. Who was the worst ACC coach this year? Who who did the worst job? Jeff I think Cable? his name. I think uh, wow. Jeff. Jeff yeah. Yeah, I think Keats. we got a unanimous vote. <laughs> well, I think we have I mean, several time in the history of Brad's bubs. <laughs> I think I think it's I think Keats is Keats is up there. Um, is it a five cable? three one? Uh, do we do we nominate yeah. three in a five three one voting system? Yeah, maybe. I think Capel would probably be my choice, especially when he just uh, put the cherry on the Sunday today by saying he needs better players. Who, right, and he wait. recruited everybody on. on their team. I think we need to pause. I think we need to pause and talk about just like we actually. This is a pretty substantial vote because all right, you have Jeff Capel with was just a just a poo poo platter up there, right? Um, you've got whatever happened to NC State this season, right? Guys, a coach actually got fired in the middle of the season, yeah. and then his team basically was out to lunch for like a month. Right now, granted, they just came back and beat uh, Georgia Tech, which, you know, spoiler alert for those of you listening in the morning and haven't checked your your apps, uh, it's going to be Louisville and Virginia tomorrow night, or as you listen to this tonight, uh, in the, um, is this technically the quarterfinals? No, 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 this no, is no, the no, second round. Virginia never plays on on. Doesn't Virginia never plays here? So I'm not really sure how to phrase it. Um, and they're the only team that's ever not had to play on Tuesday so far. Hey, it's there crazy. it is. Um, all right, so so in. we've got so. Hold on, let's recap here. We've got Keats, we've got um, Mac, Capel, and Mac. Can, right? Can I can I also throw Jim Beheim in? Oh, you certainly can, sir. Throw him in there all you want. Not because like they're like terrible, but I feel like they should be better. Yeah. Um. Like, how are they not? How are they always like this bad? Every year they're like in the eight nine game. It's just a year. Like, how? What happened to them? I don't because know. They, they played a tournament in Greensboro, and they still okay. yeah right, and they still get good players too. I mean, they're not recruiting like top five classes or anything. I don't think, but like they're not getting like bums. So they've I don't been know. raiding Central Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that must be it. Um. All right, let's see who else. Or do we do we have any other? Um, and do we have any others for nomination? Coach K in the second half of Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, does Coach <laughs> K get an honorary mention? 
<laughs> losing the biggest game of the season for them. Can I throw Mike Young in the mix? I, I think you can. I mean, I know that they can't. I, listen, I know they put the wheels rally. back on the thing and limped a little bit. And, you know, hey, they might still make the tournament. But, guys, there is no business. I'm sorry. Your team to have Justin Mutz and and Kefe Aluma and and it's like a and it's not a you're not a lock. What are you doing? Like what are you doing? Like that team should be like that team should not have had any issues, right? Like I was not one of these people who like bought into the preseason hype that they were going to be as good as like a lot of folks thought they might be, but I definitely didn't buy into the you know the possibility of them being as bad as they were for a good portion of the season. Right, like that team is extremely talented. Um, it just went sideways for them for a it while. Really and, did, didn't it? Ugh. And then, uh, and they never really like, like, what was their signature win? Like, yeah, right. I mean, maybe the you know, look. So the best team they beat all season was Notre Dame. Yeah, that was a good one, but we didn't know that was that good at the time. At that time, like, right. it, like we didn't yeah. know Notre Dame was going to be as good as they were. It might have been oh. maybe coming back and winning that game in Miami. In, in late February, right? Where yeah, they kind of came back and stunned them or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, and I understand, like, what? They won 13 or whatever? No. Uh, the alarm bells went off for me with them when they, they got absolutely drilled by, was it Dayton or somebody? And yeah. I was like, what? 62-57. That game was not as close. They were coming off a 33-point win to Cornell, and four days later got beaten by Dayton. And then um, they lost a uh, Wake by, like, a bunch of points at home. And then they obviously lost, Wake then ended they up lost being six better, of their but... next eight. They lost six of their next eight. They had a buzzer eight. beater against Miami that they yep. lost like a half court shot. Yep. Um, they lost they to Carolina lost by ten. They lost to Boston College by five at BC, which, we, as we know, is where seasons go to die. Um, yeah, they lost to UVA. They lost uh, to NC State. Uh, so yeah, the NC State and BC loss is obviously pretty rough. But then they then obviously they, rolled then off. They had like a, then they had like a two week stretch where it was like, oh, they're good again. Yeah, and it was then, like they won nine of ten. It was it was pretty impressive, right? Before losing to Clemson to close the, the regular season, um, who they it's it, this is interesting, right? You got you, you got what? Uh, I, I guess it's it's Clemson and, and Tech tomorrow, and Louisville yeah. and Virginia. You know, all four teams close the regular season against each other. Anyway, I'm just saying, like Mike Young to have the talent that that Tech team had between Mutz and Aluma, um, you know, uh, the uh, the Allen kid's not bad. Couture, you know, like not bad. I mean, granted, like, they didn't have a whole lot after those, like, kind of first two dudes, but those two dudes are extremely talented dudes. Like, one of them, like, was, you know, if you look at Kempom, at least, was, like, among his, like, all ACC guys. Um, I just, I don't know, man. The whole thing. That's what's so weird about that team, too, is, like, if you look at their predictive metrics, they're, like, a top yeah. 30 team. And, they're, but and they're their not metrics a top have been, 30 team. Yeah, exactly. Their metrics have yeah. been just completely ridiculous for you know two months now but anyway i would just like to throw my i'm not saying that like i there's there's obviously you know turd sandwiches in, in better spots in the acc but i would say he gets the he gets the uh the eh, that wasn't as good as yeah that wasn't yeah that was all right do, <laughs> should we throw josh <laughs> pastner and his uh and his sideburns in the mix his sideburns are all ACC. His, yeah. his sideburns i feel I, I feel like they're kind of like the comedy team like i don't like I mean, they they just went on a crazy run and almost his won, sideburns or the just the whole thing. Like last year, it was like they were they were trying to like kill COVID in the locker room and like the weird face mask. And they obviously won the tournament. And then this year, they were just like, "Yeah, we're terrible now." <laughs> I won't nominate Pastner just because he's so like 
you know, he's just, I think he's funny. Like, even though when he's being crazy, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Hey, Dave, I'm not sure if you're Which, aware, but the AD told him he wouldn't. He wouldn't <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I've heard. Yeah. The AD this year is like, <laughs> I, I told get the you. joke out. <laughs> can't even get the joke out. But guys, they were 5-15 and 15 in the league. That's pretty rough. Um, and I'm not saying Georgia Tech like, had a you know a murderer's row, but the DeVoe kid and the Usher kid are not bad. Um, you know, he didn't have a lot of bench uh, depth. And, you know, Georgia Tech was one of those teams that's like, you kind of just had to go out and beat them. Because if not, like, they would totally hang around and, like, make you pay for it. Um, but, yeah, they had a rough stretch where they lost six of their, their – six of seven. Sorry. Se- uh, sorry. Seven of eight. And their only win was in overtime against Georgia State. Um, they didn't have Louisville's any – was like that, too. I looked at theirs when I did the preview, and it was like they won one out of, like, 15 games. And I was like, Listen, Whoa. if you – if you, if you <laughs> one of the things I love about Kim Palm is that it's, it's red and green. Man, the, <laughs> the Louisville schedule is – I mean, the back half, it's like it's like, it's like Christmas that, they were started 4-0 off in the ACC. Wow. Yeah, they were 4-0 with wins over NC State, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Pittsburgh, two of them away – and then all of a sudden the thing fell off a cliff. Next thing you know, they they're five and uh, ten after they lose to Miami. Um, but no, right, and then they won like one game and then lost out. So our, our <laughs> so let's see our our main picks here for the craptastic coach of the year. Uh, it, let's see, we've got Chris Mack who got fired. We've got Jeff Capel who needs better players, and Kevin Keats. Is that is that the list? That, are those the three? I think that's, a, that's they're the three finalists. Right, they're the three finalists for our for our. What do we call them? Brad's bums. That's incredible. <laughs> um, just incredible. I, I wish I could make that a title. The, I just can't do. I that. think I think it's tough. Keats is just funny because they've like already said he's coming back. So I mean, yeah. If you're so an what NC was State fan? It's like yay. Like, yeah. Right. Like you're really excited about next year. Now the one thing about and I will say this and on a serious note, the one thing that that sort of exists right now is it used to be that like you looked at a team and you're like, all right, the Sebron kid's really good. He's a six. Excuse me. He's the most improved player of the year. You understand what happened to Manny Bates. You you know you understand that like they have some younger kids. I think they will have most of their team back, right? Right, and like, and because yeah. of the portal now, you can change your fortunes in a very different way. As you know, Dave's favorite Steve Forbes just showed uh, down in Winston Salem, or as we like to call it, the Dash. Um, I, I don't know why I said it like that. That was really ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like you can change things around pretty quickly. I don't know if Kevin Keats is going to do that, but you could. It, it, it's a thing that might happen. But realistically, yeah, NC State kind of is, is is in a really rough spot because financially, as 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 friend of the program Joe Giglio likes to point out, like they just weren't in a position to make a change, you know, and that's just the the long and short of it. Um, he would have had to be like historically terrible, and right now they're not historically terrible. I um, want to know what the hit rate like. Okay, so you just mentioned something specific, the Justin Fuente thing where it's like we don't want him here but we can't afford to not have him here right, right. so it's like how right. many times has a coach actually turned around and been good after that that's usually it's like hey there were some weird things that happened it was the covid year we're not going to switch coaches you know like we think he's doing a good job he just had some bad luck they're not saying that they're basically just like yeah we can't afford it so yeah. it's like how do you like what are the chances somebody comes back from that i think scott satterfield at louisville might be the only coach i can think of who actually like may have righted the ship after the fact, and I'm not even sure you can say he has. And his right? was sort of self-inflicted, right? His was <laughs> self-inflicted. Um, but that's a good point. So, all right, but Capel, like we got to take a look at old Pittsburgh here. 
Listen, it wasn't that long ago that Pittsburgh was like bag man central of the world. It felt like they were going to start, you know, bringing in some really talented dudes. And then they just had like an exodus off of last year's team, right? Like uh, the Johnson kid left. Uh, obviously, you know, he lost Justin Champagne. Uh, didn't Tony um, transfer too? Um, he had a bunch of guys transfer. Like, and then like very, Parker Stewart transferred to play for his father. And, yeah. Like, he had yeah. a bunch of guys who left in a short amount of time. Um, and that team last year wasn't exactly a lot to write home about, right? But they weren't as bad as this year's team is. They were well. That's what's so funny is last year. Two, last year it was like now. this is the year they're gonna like get it together and be pretty right. good, like maybe a tournament team. And they weren't. Yeah, because close. they had Justin Champagne. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like he and he like you like from a nucleus standpoint, him, the Johnson kid, and 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 Tony. That's a good group, right? And he had uh, Odakali and the Hughley kid, plus the Horton kid. Like he, they should have been better than they were last year. Um, hell, they had a kid on their team named Nike. Um, but well, whoever yeah. whoever is bringing in these players just needs to go because <laughs> yeah, Jeff Cable needs better players. He needs better players. Man, when's the last time a coach has kind of said that and it worked out, Bronco? Um, all right. I, I, well, at least had, half of that team was like somebody else's team. That's <laughs> like, fair. You know? that, that, that's very fair. He only had but so many ACC dudes. All right, I, I think we can whittle the three down to to really just two. Um, and I mean, I, I think we all agree that it's capable. Um, I think in part because, like, man, that team just ugh. there's no inspiration. Yeah. Now I will like say, Earl, they, like they Earl had Grant, one... everybody was dragging Earl Grant when they hired him, and like at least they're like, hey, it seems like they might be like they're competitive. Yeah, they, they're competitive. I'll give you that. The I guess what Pittsburgh's best win of the season was North Carolina. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. They yeah, that was on the road. Yeah, <laughs> like seventy six six sixty seven um, in the middle of February. Um, that was their third win in a row, which broke a, a streak where they lost uh, <laughs> where they lost six games in seven, and then they closed the season losing their final five in a row after that win over the Tar Heels. Um, if we want just look, a listless, just an absolutely listless yeah. effort today, not yeah. good. <laughs> NC State will have finished the season. Two, four, six, wait, hold on. Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven of their last twelve losses. And if it hadn't have been for that one victory over Virginia, uh, where they boat raced the Cavaliers, it would have been two more on the pile, three more on the pile. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and Kevin people are like real rough people are like, How is UVA like different from some of these other bubble teams? And I'm like, they have multiple losses like that. <laughs> yeah, like, UVA's resume, what happened? We'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll discuss here momentarily. Uh, but yeah, I, I think are, are we going to give the inaugural um, crap tastic coach of the year to to old Jeff? Um, yeah, because know. if he'd done it the last four years, he may have won each of those too. So I think <laughs> just because <laughs> that's, that's possible. And I, I, and I do want to say, there's that like, like, uh, we can't give it to Kay, but this is close. So yeah. <laughs> you could always name it after Chris Max since he got fired. But that's <laughs> yeah. true. See, yeah. I feel like Chris Max somehow doesn't win it because he got like a huge buyout and he's just like hanging out. And like he had a grand old Bowl. time at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he apparently did. I I do like his uh, he his, his he's unleashed anyway. on Twitter. That's that's fun. Um, yeah. I do want to note that what is hysterical to me is that like after they they jettisoned uh, old uh, Kevin Stallings into the sun, right after that uh, disastrous couple of last couple seasons uh, in Pittsburgh, and they got Jeff Capel, a, a whole lot of people thought that Pittsburgh was going to turn it around. And everybody was like slam dunk home run higher. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> in, 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 uh, in 2017, uh, which was the Virginia game to end the season where 
I mean, that dude, I've just have never seen a coach hate a team more than that dude did. And somehow or another, he came back the next year. They were 79th in Kempom. The next season, they were 227. But in the four years with uh, with Jeff Cable, 101, 111, 97, and now currently 209. So we're back into Kevin Stallings territory, if you, you, know, if you want to use just one metric. Under the Stallings line. <laughs> you know what's crazy about Cable? Like he's been a Power Five coach for nine years now. That's the you know, that's the thing Oklahoma, about him, man. Four at Pittsburgh, yes, and he's only yes. had two seasons where he won more than six conference games. I saw, yeah, a now, and he had and he had Blake Griffin on those. Teams. Yeah, I saw a yeah. tweet that the last time he had a winning record as a head coach, Blake Griffin was on the team. Two thousand eight and nine. Yeah, they basically yeah, had like nine, two yeah. years where he they were like legitimately Oklahoma was like legitimately good. I think they yeah. went to like the Elite Eight. Um, yeah, or the they went to 16. the right. They went to the second really round in 2008. And it was and it was on the only. back of like they had a good guard and Blake Griffin. It's like how could you not be good? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't. Yeah, I mean that was basically just like he rode one player. Um, and it, you know, I guess he had some good VCU teams, but that was like 20 years ago now. Yeah, that's. I'm I'm looking at his I'm looking at his stuff right now. It is dreadful. Wow. That's what's so funny. Like I was watching NC State the other day. I forget who it was, but they were like, "I'm so confident in Kevin Keats," and the person was like, "Really?" And they were like, "Yeah," because you know, like what he did at UNCW, like you can't discount that. Like he, they were they were humming. Like so he's gonna. You can say that about like almost every coach because nobody gets hired after like not yeah. doing a yeah. good job somewhere. Like, that's not how it works, you know? Like, every coach pretty much has won somewhere else before they got the job. Yeah. <laughs> if you're at the ACC level. Well, so it's would... like, how can you – a lot of those coaches get fired. So, yeah. Well, uh, congratulations to, to, to Jeff. Um, may the long offseason ahead be um, made a little bit – you know, just a little bit better by the fact that on this one podcast, some dudes trashed you for a while. I think we should um, name next it week. We should after. vote on the most overrated player in the league. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe after we stop recording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that could be the Patreon. All right, let's well, talk um, about. I also think real quick we should name this award after James Johnson, who was like the worst ACC basketball coach of my lifetime, probably. Wow. Um, I mean, am I forgetting someone? I mean, Stallings. Stallings, I guess. Yeah, Stallings is high. Stallings is harder because too, because he was so mean. Like he was just like a jerk yelling at hurt players and stuff so yeah i guess you're right uh, i i don't know man i'm gonna have to think about that as to who's the worst acc coach i, I know okay. don't God, that's a such a fun a that's a very fun question dave leto um i, I feel don't think like he, he he won like a regular season title i feel like we well no but i'm saying like we, we, for, all right this has to be one of those like are we taking like the totality or are we thinking of like their worst just their worst absolute worst effort you know, yeah. Also, um, like Steve Donahue and Jim Christian all runs together for me. So yeah. those might they might as well guy. be the same dude. Yeah, we have to put their, their resumes together. I couldn't even. Yeah, Jeff Bezdelic. Jeff Bezdelic. So okay, there, no, wait a minute. Oh wow, Wake Forest. You really did deserve to have a good season there, fellas. Down in 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 the in the dash. Um, Probably shouldn't talk in about Joel. this in front of Dave. Yeah, no, we can't, yeah, well, can't be giving well, Steve Forbes it, any props in front of Dave. It's funny because, like, all the Wake fans on Twitter, and, and I do follow some just keeping up with them, they're, like, so happy to just be, like, on the bubble in the five seed. They're like, what a great year. And I'm like, man, like, well, that's how we used to be. That's yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. All those, what, 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been so long. Well, it's like you feel good for them. It's, like, good for them. Like, like, 
All right. Uh, <laughs> that was really unexpected and a lot of fun. Um, all right. What do we want to do next? Let's talk about the uh, the ACC tournament. Um, we will. I think a good somebody put this on a list. Uh, a good off season topic is the worst ACC basketball coach of the modern era because we're not. I don't want to get into <laughs> in nineteen sixty three. No, no. I'm sorry. No, we're not doing that. Okay. Like if. No. Yeah, whenever Case retired, they replaced him with a top <laughs> hat on a coat rack. Yeah, it's like whenever anybody talks about UVA football and they're like, "Well, back in this," I'm like, "I get it, okay, we get it," but like it's different now, okay? We're 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 just okay with that, you know? Like things, we, it's okay, it's fine. We're just gonna have a conversation about this other thing, anyway. Uh, but I think that's a good off season topic that we're definitely gonna revisit. So somebody somebody remind me that we said that or, or that I said that because um, I totally will forget. All right, so at this point. Um, Virginia's going to face Louisville again, um, in case folks don't remember. Um, that was a fairly strong beat them down in, in uh, as Ferber likes to always work in the previews, the Derby City. Um, Ferber, you really do like the Derby City and the Steel City whenever you're writing the preview. I, I have to, you that. have to mix it up. It's like, how yeah. many times can you say that? Especially because especially especially the team is named the state names city. the city. Right. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. And yeah, I do try to differentiate between Pitt and Pittsburgh sometimes. Simply mm-hmm. because just from, you know, repetition's sake. But, yeah. But every time I think of – every time I see Louisville or, or Pittsburgh, I always think of your affinity for uh, their their city nicknames. Anyway, um, I, it's interesting, right? So so Louisville comes out, had a big lead, obviously escapes with a 10-point win, 84-74 over Georgia Tech and uh, and the fighting passengers. Um I don't know if you can say Malik Williams is back, but he had probably – Probably one of his better games. Um, six of thirteen from the floor, fourteen points, um, ten boards in the double double. Played thirty four minutes, which is pretty significant for him. Noah Locke had sixteen. The West kid led him with twenty. Uh, he was four of six from three. Um, you know, all in all, I mean, look, they they beat Georgia Tech. Not Georgia Tech's not any good. Then again, neither is Louisville. Which is they were up by twenty seven too. But they were up by twenty seven. Yeah, they were. Um, they were up by twenty seven with twelve oh seven to go in the second half, um, and then obviously um, Georgia Tech came back. Anyway, um, I, I mean it's interesting, right? So you have a this. This will actually, in some ways, for Louisville, make things a little easier because they just have scouted UVA. Um, and I know that for some people, like when you play a third team, the old adage is like it's hard to beat a, a team a third time and that kind of stuff. On the in terms of the nuts and bolts, like when you just have scouted a team and played them, and you've got film on them, like that does probably help a short turnaround. Um, so if you're a UVA fan looking at tonight, you probably hope Georgia Tech was going to win. That being said, like Louisville has really struggled uh, a lot later in the season. Uh, so, I mean, to some extent, so is Georgia Tech. Um, I, I guess let's 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 start real generic uh, about this game, Dave. Now that you know it's going to be Louisville. Give me like a, you know, a quick synopsis of how you're feeling about the matchup with UVA. It's going to start late and I'm going to be complaining about it, even though <laughs> it's literally the only time I could watch it. So I'm happy about it. I was, it's funny you asked me because I was just, I'm watching the ACC network in the background. I'm like, Virginia Tech and Clemson tip, tip at seven. There's going to be so many three pointers in that game. There's no way we're tipping to like non 45. Um, but no, I mean, I think, look, it's, you know, if you finish finish where you did in ACC, you got to play this game on on Wednesday, which is you know one extra game for a team that you know it's good. It gives Virginia, I guess, good for this team because they get a chance to kind of get some momentum going into the what I guess technically the quarterfinals start Thursday. Um, right. Yeah. So 
you know, when the official tournament starts. But yeah, I mean, I like the matchup. I, I don't think it's a plus or a minus if they just played Louisville on Saturday. Um, you know, any any minus it would have been given the the scout. I think it's made up for by the fact that Louisville is going to be coming in with with a little more fatigue than Virginia should have. You know, rust versus fatigue. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident Virginia's going to win. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'm too confident about it, but. I like the matchup. I think Virginia's got to have some confidence. And I can't quite wrap my head around how I feel about this run. Um, what I see from Virginia tomorrow night will probably either build my hopes up for moving forward or just kind of be like, oh, yeah. That, that that's a very sense. Dave answer. What happens it tomorrow is, night will tell me this what team I is think. so weird. <laughs> no, that's, like no, that's very fair. It, that's very know, fair. Multiple days off without, you know, and really they've only played, what, one game in. 10 days yeah um you know i don't know kind of where they are um but they look like they did during that 32 to 8 run or whatever it was in the first half they can make some noise in the tournament um i just but if they look like they did when they let them back in the game um they won't which is kind of a synopsis of the season as a whole damon i'm gonna put my flag in the ground and say that um virginia's gonna win tomorrow night not just because of the matchup or whatever. I, I actually genuinely think that, um, you know, this team has more pieces, uh, kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily hitting their stride by any stretch. Cause I mean, they, they lost two very winnable games to, to Duke and Florida state, uh, in part because, you know, Kihei Clark really struggled in, in both of them. Um, but I like what I've seen lately from Gardner, especially on defense. I think Beekman has been more aggressive on offense. Shedrick has definitely been, uh, more consistent across the board. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, I kind of wonder if the scenario of having to win to get in might not be very beneficial and motivating for them in a way that um, maybe earlier in the season we might not have suspected. I just think that like as this thing is gone and the whole you know, they didn't lose two games in a row kind of thing until, um, you know, obviously very, very recently. Um, you know, I, I just I don't know. I, I feel like this team is more talented and, and kind of come in. If not together, certainly some of the guys are, are are getting. There's a comfort level that you can see. How how are you feeling about Virginia's chances um, to beat Louisville th- for a third time this season? Yeah, I mean, I I I feel pretty good about it as well. I still I still don't. I'm surprised Louisville won tonight. To be honest with you, just because I don't know. Just given everything that's happened over the course of the last couple of weeks and months, there, I thought that might be a team that was ready to pack it in. Um, and so the fact that they went out and, and who knows, maybe the fact that they went out and won tonight, they're, they kind of, you know, are content with that. I don't know. Uh, they, they do have the quick turnaround now. They, they have a little bit of fatigue going into this one. Whereas versus like what Dave said, UVA has only played that one game in the last week and a half or whatever it's been uh winning that game on saturday but i do think the the things you just said are like if beekman plays like he did on saturday if he plays that way again tomorrow night that's that's a really good thing uh shedrick needs to be more consistently consistent if uh if that makes sense i i still there was a stretch there at some point mid-season three-quarter pole of the season where i was like all right he he has turned that corner he is turning that corner and uh, then there there have been just enough clunkers in there yeah. to make me not fully trust him yet. But um, but yeah, if 
so yeah i I'd like I, I know it's a simplistic way of putting it but yeah if he can be more consistently consistent if he can play that way especially when you're talking about the potential of playing four games in four nights and obviously that's that's but i think fatigue will be an issue but on the other hand if you get something going you get some momentum it'll be easier to maybe maintain that momentum when you're playing on a nightly basis instead of you know tuesday saturday or monday saturday or whatever True. the case may be Fair. so so but but i mean obviously that all starts with tomorrow night but long story short i just yeah i just don't have much confidence at all in louisville and where they are mm-hmm. right now even mm-hmm. after winning just the fact that they almost let that game get away after being up by 27 with right. 12 minutes to go exactly is, is a sign of just how you know shaking the ground is they're standing on so yeah i mean i i i, I you know nothing's especially we all know how this season's gone for UVA as well, but I think you have to feel pretty good about their chances uh, at the very least going into yeah. this one tomorrow night. The thing about Shedrick Ferber that kind of stands out to me, and, and this is going to sound strange because he's not a freshman, but it's almost like he hit a little bit of the wall. It's it's almost what it feels like, and now he sort of re- has rebounded from it in a way that sometimes freshmen do where you, you get through this the course of the, the season and you haven't played that many games at that level and you, you, you struggle for a while and then you sort of bounce back and – you can't really know how long, how many of those games are going to be, or when the bounce back is going to happen. It feels like, on some level, he he has hit that. If nothing else, he feels it feels like he's more comfortable in what they need him to do. Um, so I don't know if maybe coming off the bench has, has helped him or what, but um, I agree with Damon is that he he has looked like uh, he, he's had moments this season where you're like, okay, this is this is what you kind of were hoping you were going to get from him. Um, so as we look forward, let's assume further that Virginia wins this game and the, it is Virginia Carolina. On Thursday night at nine thirty, general synopsis of that matchup. Do what? Do you, what do you obviously Virginia will having you know have played a game you know twenty four hours earlier? How how do we feel about that matchup for the Cavaliers? Is it realistic to think that coming off of that the high of that Duke win, um, you know Virginia can maybe catch Carolina, you know snap napping a little bit, or is this one of those where? You know what? That Carolina team that we saw against Duke is the one that should have been here all along. The Davis kid is playing well. Obviously, Baycoat's been a double-double machine. What do you think if, if Virginia wins tomorrow night? What do you think of that matchup on Thursday? Um, I think that UVA would have been better off if Duke won on Saturday. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people didn't want to see them win, but I think for UVA's bracket, it would have put Miami as their three seed, a team they've beaten twice, and we'd have no problem coming up with a way for UVA to beat them. You know, they have already done it twice. Um, North Carolina in another year, I'd be like, oh, that's not something I'm going to lose sleep over. You know, they might not win, but they certainly have the history with them and all that. But this year in the matchup, it did not go well. Um, That was one of UVA's worst games of the year. Um, And while I think they've improved since then, I don't think necessarily that that matchup was a byproduct of like, oh, they hadn't figured out who they were yet. I mean, Carolina, I think this Carolina team is a bad matchup for UVA on a number of fronts. Um, You have combo guards who can move and shoot. Um, They're pretty big. So like, that's not a great matchup for Kihei. Um, Reese can hold his own. Franklin, I'm sure he'll be okay. Um, But you might have one guy that's a little like undersized against a bigger guard. Um, Manic was a trouble for Duke. And if I remember correctly from the first meeting, he did give UVA some trouble. Um, I would assume him and Jaden Gardner will match up with each other, but, um, yeah, if he can get going, that's tough. 
Baycott just destroyed them in the first game. Um, he, really I, he had like he had like twenty five rebounds or something. I wish oh, I had. I wish 21. I had the. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up now. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I I think that in order for Virginia to have any chance, Kafaro's got to. It, 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 I mean, you're not going to neutralize the guy, but you could do something. You know what I mean? Like that has to be Here, a big part of it. Here's the problem I see with the matchup is um, Kafaro had zero rebounds that game. Right. Yeah, he, he was. None. He looked. At, he was like pretty good the game before that, and then that game he was like completely out of his depth. Yeah. Um, Nineteen minutes. No. Uh, no rebounds. Um, and I think he got like a bloody nose or something. I can't remember. Oh, that's is right. That that's right. Was Kifaro, that a different game? That's right. Yeah. No, that was that game uh, when. Um, Bayco not you know caught him in the nose and they reviewed it and they were like nope that's a basketball play I'm like dude mm-hmm. clock the guy but anyway yeah um, that was a tough one like so my problem with that matchup is I think he's he's too athletic for for Kafaro. um like he'll just be able to like craft around him I think and his physicality he'll probably just bait Kafaro into some fouls Shedrick is athletic enough to probably hang but like I don't know if he's physical enough so it becomes that he's sort of like Baycott's like sort of like a blend of the two. So it's like he can he can get by one or the other. Um, I think what they need to do to win that game is um, get in the half court and stay in the half court like they have against other Carolina teams. Make them win possession by possession. If they're going to take threes, make them take deeper threes. Um, you know, don't give them any open looks. Try to let get them out of transition as much as you possibly can. And then just hope that you can win a low, you know, low scoring, low possession game um, by making a few more shots. That's not UVA's recipe for success this year, really. But um, I think that's your best chance against the Carolina team that has the tools to, to make them pay if they're not hitting shots. And um, yeah, maybe Carolina comes in a little overconfident, maybe, but maybe they come in riding a tidal wave. And UVA also is in a weird position here of having to play the game the day before. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of times in these situations, they're the team with the bye. Yeah. Um, so let's assume Dave that in this scenario, you know, um, Baco doesn't, doesn't end up with, you know, a hundred rebounds. Um, Virginia does a pretty good job of it. Maybe not necessarily neutralizing him, but at least keeping him somewhat in check. Let's say he, he, he still scores, but you know, realistically, uh, he's not dominating. What do you think Virginia has to do elsewhere? It, it, does it come down to just keeping the Davis kid in check? Because he's had, he's had some really nice games uh, of late. Um, he only scored two points in that matchup in, in Chapel Hill, where you know Virginia got boat raced. Um, he was zero of five from inside the arc, zero of five from outside the arc. Um, he really struggled in that one. He's really played well. I, I think he was, to me at least, he was the difference for them um, down the stretch in the in the games that they were able to win. Certainly in the one uh, against Duke. What do you feel like Virginia has to do? Is it keeping him in check? Is it just scoring points? What's what's your thought process on that on a rematch with Carolina? I mean, to me, like Tony's always done well against Carolina his entire career here at Virginia. Um, I don't know what his record is, but it's way better than any other coach in my lifetime against Carolina. And they've looked very few years that Virginia have a talent advantage, you know. Um, and I think that same goes for you know if they play in in Brooklyn. So it. And I don't think the the way to beat them is any different than it's always been. It's Virginia has to protect the ball, work Carolina on, you know, when they've got when Virginia's on offense, they've got to make Carolina work on defense, not turn the ball over, keep them out of transition. And then, look, they're going to score. They have talent. You just, like, the last game, they just got so many easy buckets. Um, 
And look, a lot of that was talent from from Baycott and them, and them hitting threes, but a lot of that was also, you know, bad box, you know, um, bad fundamentals as far as boxing out, um, bad help defense, and little things. And I'm sure that's what Tony's message is. Like, you know, you don't have to do anything different. You just, you know, as far as scheme, you just got to do what you're supposed to do and do it better. Um, and it's going to be a tough task. You know, even if Virginia plays perfect, they're going to need a little help, I think. Um, but I don't think it's like Justin said, like there's some, I'd rather be playing Miami, but I don't think this Carolina team is light, light years ahead of any other one that Virginia's handled in, in games before. It's just, do they have the pieces? I think they do. I just think we saw a really bad effort from Kafaro. Um, there'll be times when you probably have to have Kafaro and Shedrick on the court together um, in that game, especially considering they're both big men and they're going to probably play considerable minutes the night before. So, yeah, and you know, Tony having a pretty short bench right now, it's going to – you're going to need to play really clean. Um, any turnovers are going to hurt you. So, yeah, I'm not super confident about it, but I think you know, it's it, it's a formula that's worked before. You just got to get this team, this Virginia team, to to do it. All right, so in the event that – let's and we, we kind of have to game this out because otherwise we just talk for five minutes and we say goodnight. All right, so in the, in the other half of this part of the bracket um, – Obviously, Clemson beat NC State today. Virginia Tech gets them tomorrow at 7. Theoretically, in that game, Virginia Tech would avenge that loss in Cameron, in Little John, and they would uh, match up with Notre Dame uh, on uh, Thursday night in the quarterfinals. And let's assume um, Notre Dame wins that game because I think Notre Dame's a better team. But the fact I, I, I'm still not used to Notre Dame being the number two team in the league. Like, that's, I, I, you know... Um, Pat Connaughton's not walking through that door, you know what I mean, kind of deal. That not to say Notre Dame's not talented, but if 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 Tech ended up, that's why you know a lot of people have Tech getting far in this tournament is because if you look at their draw, it's not it's not bad. But a but a potential if Virginia beats beats uh, if Virginia gets by Louisville and Carolina and then makes it to Friday night, um, let's just say let's just say for the sake of argument they're playing Notre Dame. Okay, one. Do we believe that Virginia would need to beat at that point would need to beat Notre Dame in order to to make the tournament? One, that's the first question. And we're gonna we're all gonna answer these. And then two, how do we feel about that specific matchup? So, uh, Ferber, let's go back to you. Um, one, do you feel like Virginia have to win that game on Friday night, make the championship game in order to 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 keep the streak alive to go in, uh, of going to the tournament? And then two, how do you feel about that matchup? Uh, I do think they would have to win. Um, I, for me, I think three is the magic number to have a chance. Uh, right now, I mean, I've just been kind of looking at different bracketologists and it seems like there's about four or so spots available left. Um, you know, the bubble does get smaller as we get to the end of the year. It goes from, you know, maybe six, seven, eight, ten spots to some teams play their way in. And now there's teams like Michigan who can just not win again and they're going to make it um, or whoever. Uh, so I think, or Carolina or whoever. Um, so I think that it's going to be, and you might have a bid thief or two. So I think, yeah, three wins puts you in the conversation. And I still don't think that's a guarantee. Um, it would be close, but you could potentially have two more quad one wins with a chance to go to the championship game. Um, so, yeah, I, I do kind of like, I mean, I like that matchup better than Carolina. Um, yeah. for UVA yeah, I think I think I think they can handle the like the, physically they'll be in that game like without any issues I don't think that'll be a problem um they played them pretty tough out there 
Uh, yeah, they did. I mean, I, I don't think they played particularly well, but it was close. Like, you know, they, they I think they kind of turned it on after that game. Uh, they yeah. kind of turned like started playing better. Um, but I, yeah, I think they can play better. That that game against Notre Dame, that just comes down to shooting. Um, and you just got to roll the dice if you're UVA again this year, you know, just hope the teams don't make threes and play good defense. And um, I think, you know, if you got to that game, maybe you have some confidence by that point. Like, you know, you're just letting it ride. <laughs> You've made it to the semis. Um, I don't hate that matchup. It's probably not, you know, like Notre Dame could certainly shoot them out of the game, but um, they didn't do it in the first game. So I would feel if they got past North Carolina, I had like going into the day of the game, I would feel much more confident against Notre Dame than against Carolina. I think. Yeah. So just for put this in context. So after that really ridiculous loss to NC state, Virginia rebounded uh, two nights later with a win over Louisville at home. Then they had, he basically had the week off. He went out to uh, South Bend. I think it was like in a snowstorm too. Um, lost by four. Uh, at Notre Dame, and then rolled off four wins, probably the four wins that saved their season, to be honest, right? They they get by Boston College, they beat Miami, they beat Duke, and then they, you know, they kind of, I don't want to say escaped uh, with a win over Georgia Tech, but it wasn't, I mean, a 10-point win, but it, it didn't feel like that um, for much of that game. Um, let's go Damon next. One, do you feel like Virginia's in the tournament if it, even if they lose that game potentially on a Friday night against potentially Notre Dame? Or and then, or excuse me, and then two. How do you feel about that matchup? Uh, I, I agree with Ferber that I do think they need to still beat Notre Dame. They still need that third win. Um, from that perspective, in terms of a resume builder, I think you almost wish it was uh, Virginia Tech they were playing that night and not Notre Dame, because I think a Virginia Tech, I think a Virginia Tech neutral win would be a quad one win, but the Notre Dame uh, neutral win would be quad two. Uh, Notre Dame's like on the line, right? Or close. Yeah, they're they're I think they're 56 and it's top 50, so maybe by that point they are. Um but the uh the Virginia Tech win at JPJ is now a quad 2 win. That's no longer a quad 1. Uh because Virginia Tech has slipped in the net. Um so I mean, but regardless, yes, I think no matter whether you're playing Virginia Tech or Notre Dame, I do think you need to win that game on Friday and advance to the championship game to uh to to stay in that conversation i think that's where we are at this point um in terms of the bubble in terms of do i like the matchup i would like it a lot better if it wasn't the third game in three days uh especially coming off what would likely be a really grueling win over carolina uh that would be the third game in third day three days versus um Notre Dame would only be playing its second game in two days. And I feel like that's where the fatigue really starts to catch up and be a factor. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Ferber that Notre Dame is probably a better matchup than, than North Carolina on paper. I just worry about at what, especially because again, we've mentioned a few times and we know it's the reality that they're a seven man rotation at this point. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's where it's important where you go out and you, do really well against Louisville tomorrow night. And you're able to get some of those guys who we haven't seen in a while off the end of the bench and get some of those other guys off their feet and conserve some of those minutes for, for Friday and then knock on woods. I mean, Thursday and then knock on wood Friday. So, uh, but yeah, I think, I definitely think they need to win. They need to get to Saturday and I don't feel terrible about the Notre Dame matchup, but I'd feel better if uh, it wasn't the third game in three days. All right, Dave. 
Yeah, not not much to add to that. I mean, I think only thing I'd say is like you know beating Carolina would be big, but let's not forget Carolina was a bubble team just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's not like you're beating a top five team if you beat Carolina. So uh, I think even for, just for that reason alone, you know, Virginia beats them. That may that, that kind of hurts their hurts Carolina, and then you know. And Carolina's biggest win is obviously at Duke, and anything could happen with Duke in the top of the bracket. So, yeah, I think three is probably the magic number. Um, I don't love either one of those matchups, but, yeah, it could be worse. So I'll take it. If Virginia makes it to that that point, then that means they're probably sh- making a couple of threes and, and playing good defense. So, yeah, I mean, I prefer Notre Dame over Tech, I think, um, just because you, you don't need the – opponent having even more of an edge uh, when you're also in game three also virginia techs on the bubble yeah so. i was gonna say this is a yeah, yeah virginia tech, you know that yeah. i think the fact you want virginia tech game. to lose to clemson <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, you know, know get them out sure. yeah in terms of to lose the directions to in terms <laughs> of matchup you want notre dame in terms of potential resume builder i think you want virginia tech but yeah. i mean that's a, yeah, that's a that. that's a good point you know notre dame right now is what um why can't I find them? Forty-seven in Kempom, Tech's 29th. The, the 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 computer models love Tech, so there's definitely a lot of like if you're able if you're able to get in a situation where you think like potentially they would need to not only just make the championship game but to win it and actually like get the auto bid, um, even just playing Virginia Tech if you beat them and you were to lose in the championship game that that does put your that moves your needle if your last two wins are against be, Carolina and Virginia that would Tech. be. Imagine how tense that game would be. That was exactly where I was going. Like both teams, makes me both teams, like <laughs> both teams, neither team could be like, we don't need this. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, I don't think has ever been like that far in the tournament. So that would be pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I think UVA is probably better off if they just eliminate a bubble team and like Clemson just knocks them out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Damon's right. Like the computers would say tech is a more valuable win, but UVA already beat them once. So I don't know. Like it really just depends on what the human beings in the room think. Yeah. What kind of attendance do they get for that potential game? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Take all the big schools that have been law that would have to have already lost for that matchup to happen. You They're mean big, like uh, if it was like draws. a UVA, UVA tech yeah. second semifinal? Um, yeah. Well, you'd have a lot of people leave it at halftime because people would probably oh, yeah, stick for sure. around because those tickets are still expensive. You'd have all the Duke people hanging around. Um, and UVA, like when I was there for the 2018 tournament that they won, like there were a lot of UVA fans there. Um, yeah. Obviously, they were the number one team in the country. But um, I think you probably have a, some UVA fans start showing up if they got past Carolina. I kind of feel like on some level the win over Carolina be, regardless of what the what the the you know the the resume sheets and the and maybe even the computer models you know might say about the Tar Heels they're 32nd in Ken Palm right now which it, it wasn't that long ago it felt like talking about Ken Palm was sort of I don't know um not necessarily useless but it, it was it, it because the because things are a little bit more weighted on the computer models now at least in, like in Ferberson until the humans get in the room mm-hmm. and they um, got rid of the RPI so those right. like predictive metrics started to kind of like weight more yeah so you know it's clear to me that tech is going to get a little bit of bump because the computer models love them um, potentially wins over over Carolina and, and tech would move the needle but I also think a, the win over Carolina in of itself would move the needle um but I also they're think they're a team that's in the field. 
Exactly. Yeah, so and the win helps. over Duke, I mean, there's a recency bias with all this. Again, humans choose this, you know? So we can talk about how Carolina won't get judged, you know, whatever. Like, we all know they're Carolina. Like, you're not, you know, like, that's going to be a part of who they are, you know, their the conversation and such. But anyway, the long and short of it is for me is that I, I still think Virginia probably needs to win that game and not, I mean, obviously, you know, you win that game, you put yourself in a much better spot anyway. Um, but beyond that, and this is going to sound somewhat ridiculous, but you certainly would have been better off if Miami had been on the side. Um, but if you end up getting Notre Dame and you and you've beaten Carolina, you're probably in a pretty good spot. I'm curious what the odds makers would say about that. Um, but I think you're probably in a pretty decent spot. The bottom line, of course, is that you know this is something Virginia hasn't had to do. Um, yeah, I saw Jaden Gardner say the other day, you know, take it back to your AAU days. This is not even that. Like even in AAU, you didn't, you know, you you played some really important games, but you play you played more of them, and they didn't count nearly as much as one specific game did or does. So I feel like on some level, Virginia has to not just find some some rhythm. But there's a mental piece of this that, you know, even the guys who have experience have not experienced. Um, so I think that's the, the long and short of it. Let's wrap up this way. I want to do we think Virginia's in the field next time we talk? Are we talking about the NCAA tournament next week or are we talking about the NIT? And I'm not going to we don't need to go one by one. I'm just, you know, we'll yeah. do a voice vote. I mean, I think no. that the, the, I think we all agree that the, the, the chances are slim. Um, yes, that it can happen. But that is probably not likely to happen. I think we all agree on that. I think they have like two reasonable paths, and one is win the ACC tournament, and the other is like make the final. Um, and then I bet if, if you they win the, the ACC tournament, they make it. Yeah, yeah, it's that one. Alert. That one, I, I love their chances if they make, if they win the ACC I tournament. Know. I love their chances. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think if you made the final, I'll put it this way: if they made the semis, if they beat Carolina, I think fans have a reason to like tune in on Selection Sunday, even though the odds wouldn't be very good. Um, it's like, well, you know, like they did win a game, like another decent game, you know, they're two more wins now and they lost to a pretty good Notre Dame team or whoever. Um, if they made the final, I think fans would be like on the edge of their seat on selection Sunday, because like not everything happens in a bubble. Right. So like, you're going to have to pay attention to what Indiana is doing and what Rutgers is doing and what all these other teams are doing. Um, and if they give UVA, an opening and they make th- and they win three games, I think then there's a chance. Um, but it's still within a margin of error. Like I would probably give them like, I don't know. They made the final like a 40, 50% chance to make the field. Maybe, maybe less. Um, so, I mean, the odds would say it's not going to happen. I mean, I think they're just as likely to lose to Louisville as get to the semis. So Anybody else got anything else for the good of the order on this? I think forever. Get your uh, afternoon nap in if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know, man. I, it's very strange to be talking about Virginia playing on uh, on Wednesday. Um, they they could go through an amazing path though. You beat they the really team could. that you you have to pay play twice a year, and then you beat Carolina, then potentially Virginia Tech, potentially knocking Tech out of the field. Um, or Notre Dame, which would be fine. And then imagine if they got to the final and it was UVA Duke and it's Duke coach K going for an ACC title in his last ACC game, <laughs> you know, and, and UVA probably like still 
like I don't like that morning. I don't think people would be like they're in the field. I think it would be like it's going to be close if they lose and if they win, they're in. Obviously, um, so I think that and, and running on, on on fumes. And I mean, there's just yeah, the storylines abound. Or they can go out tomorrow night and drop an egg, and it doesn't matter. And and everybody would be like, well, they beat them in Cameron. You never know. Yeah, like, that's right. Know. And I, and I do think what's interesting is that like because of that win in Cameron, um. The the knee jerk reaction is to go oh well you know Duke will want to avenge that and da 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 listen I don't get I don't care what happened in Cameron Indoor before that Carolina game like that Carolina game is going to be the thing that those kids are trying to avenge. they might just come in pissed off for like I, and I, general, I I fully you know? listen my 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 heart of hearts what I really expect in this ACC tournament is Duke to just basically body people like because mm-hmm. when that team is like uh, the bottom line for that group is like they're super talented right bancaro i don't think has been himself consistently for a while right like he has not he has not looked to me like the guy that i thought was in the conversation to be one of the top you know several draft picks he just hasn't looked like that um he's had a couple good games here and there um you know he he's he's scoring right he's, he has had 20 points in their last three games um but he's not – I don't know. He has not been dominant. And there were definitely stretches earlier in the season where he was dominant, where he was really, really good. Um, you know, I, I feel like in order for Duke to really be its full potential, him and Roach uh, and, and to some extent Keels, like those guys have to be more consistent. Roach was very good in Charlottesville, um, but I, I feel like that that Duke team, if they're when they're engaged and really pissed off um, and, you know – they're not relying on Wendell Moore jumpers. You know, they're, they're pretty, they're, they're pretty formidable. Um, probably more so than we've seen this season. Um, especially if the Griffin kid is hitting anything. Um, he's such a, uh, a matchup, you know, maker for them. But yeah, my, my prediction is either Duke just rolls through everybody or somebody random from the bottom half of the bracket is going to roll through and stamp their ticket to the tournament. And whether that's Virginia, Virginia tech, one of those one of those teams is going to do it. What I find fascinating is is we have not talked at all tonight, probably because of where Wake is on the other side, and also probably because Dave hates Steve Forbes. Um, but we have not talked at all tonight about the Deeks uh, and and a team that you know probably had at times the kind of season where we all thought like if there was going to be one team to to really challenge uh, Duke, it was going to be them. They end up as the five. Um, you know they're playing tomorrow as well um i don't know man like it just seems weird that you know it, it feels weird that they fell that far um but i guess that's a lot of people it. think that they're not even in the field yet like i don't i don't know if they are honestly i really don't i i don't know if i can trust them yeah like way. if they botch tomorrow against boston college yeah they might they yeah. might be in some trouble <laughs> i mean what's their best win right like this is the game you have to play right i think they their best win is like carolina it's carolina they beat carolina at home and they also beat notre dame at home their best road win all season probably virginia Virginia. yeah (laughs) yeah they Uh, they don't have the one thing about wake is they don't have any terrible losses right they have a horrendous non-conference schedule but exactly that's exactly where i was going at a 358 yeah they 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 beat they they (laughs) they they lost to louisville at home, excuse me, at, at Louisville, which was their worst loss by far of the season. But everybody else is pretty like comfortable top one hundred. Yeah, they, they lost, lost to LSU. Yeah. Whatever. Here's the problem for for Wake Forest. Ready for this? William and Mary, Western Carolina, Charleston Southern, North Carolina A and T, Kennesaw State, Oregon State, USC Upstate, VMI, Charlotte. That's their problem. 
is that like of their first eleven wins, a whole bunch of them were just you know trash. Oregon State went three and twenty-seven. <laughs> they went to the Elite Eight last year. <laughs> I mean, oh. and that went. I mean, and what's funny about that one is like that one went to overtime. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, I think I think they'll probably lose to Miami, and if they don't, they'll lose to Duke. Yeah, that's that Pretty seems much. about where it's going to go. So anyway, yeah. all right, let's get out of here. Uh, we've we've talked for an hour on, on a podcast that literally has a shelf life of one day, um, but you know it's it's you know it's what we do. We we talk. If you're somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating or review, we very much appreciate that. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check out CavsCorner.com. I can promise you right now there is a just baseball like Damon is 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 swimming in in his in his most like perfect world because not only did he get to call a game the other day and uh, and <laughs> you guys didn't hear this because it was it was before the show he was talking about just like how exhausting doing uh play-by-play is and I was like dude I could not do that at all ever um but yeah there's plenty of baseball obviously lots of stuff about you know whether it's Tony or Gardner or whoever talking, you know, before the, 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 uh, the tournament. And we're obviously going to have it covered for you as this thing goes, whether it's one night or, you know, several, we'll see. Um, but yeah, good place to be. Definitely give us a look at the website. And, uh, I want to thank myperfectfranchise.net for their support of the show and of the website. You can visit myperfectfranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening to the show, supporting the show, and certainly to these three dudes for being on the show. Um, I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence, Justin Ferber, and Damon Dillman, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Let's go.